Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Wednesday, May 11th. Caleb Johnson in with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, we're... We're coming before, I guess we should brace the people, we're coming before uh, tonight's uh, second game against Boston, so we won't know what happens with Ian Anderson, but I don't think that will affect too much of our conversation. However, how you feeling about this team so far since we last spoke last week? So, Caleb, I wear a sleep tracker, um, something I got for Christmas this year, and uh, I've had some pretty low scores here <laughs> recently, and I'd like to think that the Braves may be uh, one of the reasons why. I've had some restless nights thinking about the Braves and just the struggles of this team, you know. I've, I've talked about it on the radio when I've gone on with some of the shows. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I feel like I'm getting more and more pessimistic about this team kind of as the days go by, honestly. Um, it just seems like – for every step forward, there are some good things that are happening, and we'll definitely talk about those. But it just seems like every time, for every good thing that happens, there's two things that make you worry, um, or like two reasons for concern. And so that's just not the, obviously not the way you want to be, be at you know this point in the season, hitting the middle of May. I remember those Braves teams in the '90s. I feel like these, this is always the time of year where they would just start going on runs, and they would win. 20 games in the month of May, 20 games in June. It doesn't feel like that's going to happen. I'm and 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 um in 2019, they kind of got got off to a similar start and right around this time when Austin Riley came up and Ronald Cunha moved back in that leadoff position, they went off. Maybe that will happen, but it's hard to see that right now. It's just there's just a lot of kind of sputtering parts on this team. And right now that's overall for me, there's just 
too many areas of vulnerability that leave you open to losing games. Um, that makes for a very inconsistent team that isn't going to be able to string those wins together. Yeah, there's something that I was literally just talking with you about before we got recording, which was, you know, kind of how are you feeling about this team? And and obviously, you know, you're starting to come to uh, to to my side of that's the, right. The, I'm yeah, the, the dark side. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call it the dark side. Yeah, you know, I've <laughs> joked in the past about you know essentially being a bit of an eeyore about this team, uh, and it feels like I'm right back there again where. There's a couple of things happening. Uh, it's just there's not any specific place that I can really go to right now to get excited about this team. And that, and then at the same time, the Braves aren't playing too many exciting games. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true too. Yep. I think um, you know at least there isn't like, there hasn't been a moment this year. No, you know? it hasn't happened yet. Um, I mean, you get you get some really good wins, especially uh, in this last week, no doubt. Getting two yeah. from the Brewers, who I think the Brewers are – I mean, we faced them last year uh, in the playoffs. I think they're going to be another playoff team again this year. I agree. To get two wins out of them, great stuff. Mm-hmm. However, there was just never anything that, that made me go, yeah, this is it, like – I mean, mm-hmm. there are there are moments where I see on social media people convincing themselves of like, okay, you know, Braves are gonna figure this thing out, or all they need is X to happen, or 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 whatever it may be, and it's like, yeah, but that still hasn't happened yet. And I and I know Joe, I know that we are stuck with this this whole conversation of uh, essentially until the Braves are statistically out of the playoffs fans are <laughs> yeah. going to go do you uh, remember last year though i mean they turned it around and this they- is what concerns me this is what <laughs> yeah. concerns me because i feel like people are kind of relying on that a little bit too much like i feel like people are not really considering the fact that what happened last year was a complete and total anomaly not just in the way that the Braves were able to turn around their season in the snap of fingers, just like turn on a dime like that. And honestly, I kept on saying this on the radio last year. I would, I was, cause I was doubtful on the Braves chances. And I was saying, if they want to win 90 games, which you would think, you know, you need to do to make the playoffs, they're all of a sudden going to have to turn into the best team in baseball today, you know? And like from starting today, they, they're going to need to be the, be the best team in baseball. Um, just to win 90 games. Turned out they only had to win 88 games to still win the division kind of going away. Um, But yeah, you just cannot rely on what happened last year to bail you out of this season. It's not going to play out that way. I I firmly think the Mets are a much better team, like just a much more solid team up and down than they were last year. I do not see them fading away like they did. And so the Braves can't waste this time, you know, like they've got to be making progress in – fighting their way up the standings and, you know, getting that record as, as good as it can possibly be. And I feel like there's just this air and, you know, of course, like Brian Snicker's not thinking this way. Um, I'm sure the, you know, the players are not thinking this way either. They want to win every single game. They go out there and play. There just seems to be a sense around the team. And I think a lot of this is just, I'm just kind of reflecting what I sense in the fan base, especially is that there's time, you know, it's okay don't want to be too hard on these guys because it's a long season, et cetera, et cetera. We, all, we know all that, but 
the rubber does meet the road at some point and you don't want the rubber to meet the road when you're kind of on the wrong side of that yeah i think you know part of it is it's like the stringing wins together you talked about you previous teams of putting some consecutive streaks together uh, i was trying to remember i saw something earlier today um that's it okay give chris willis his credit over at battery power shout does, out chris willis yeah, does great work the Braves mm-hmm. are one of eight clubs that have yet to have a three-game winning streak this season. One of eight. Um, Cubs, Reds, Tigers, A's, Red Sox, Pirates, Nationals. All of those teams, I'm not really expecting to make the playoffs. And if they do, it would be a surprise. That's not the <laughs> yeah. company that you want to be keeping in mm-hmm. May. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and for, you know, for everyone out there who's on the, you just got to believe and, you know, I mean, it can turn this, you're right. It can happen. And what it would be is miraculous, legendary, um, and darn near impossible. Uh, but they can do it. It's just, and I think it's when you start going into the specifics, Joe, of like this past season, um, or I mean, excuse, like the season that we're in. The bright spot that we've had up until his last two starts has been Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright's been the guy to go, all right, all right, Braves. Like, at least when (laughs) Kyle Wright goes out there, it's not going to fall apart. Yeah. Welp. Until. (laughs) Welp. Welp. Uh, Yeah, Uh, until his last two starts, which uh, I think it was, uh, what, against the Mets that it wasn't awful he gave up three uh and ended up with like seven innings of work um it's just braves gave him no run support those things happen yeah um definitely a solid outing this last one though joe uh it concerns me and i'm i'm laughing at how the schmoozing is happening with with the outing which is yeah you know i mean kyle wright didn't have a great outing, gives up six runs in the second inning. But, I mean, he went till the fifth. He made it into the fifth, and and previously he wouldn't have made it that far. Here's my issue with that, Joe. Kyle Wright isn't being depended on this year to be the guy he was in the past who, like, maybe he'll have a good start, maybe he won't. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kyle Wright of the past was a guy who was on his way out of town with the, um, with the, oh, who else was it? Bryce, um, Bryce Wilson. Yeah. Bryce Wilson. Um, you know, I mean, who else? Some other pitcher left in, in those, uh, trades. Yeah. There was another guy just blanking on me, but I mean, you think like Tuki Toussaint, Sean Newcomb, Mm -hmm. Like, all of these names, guys who were given those opportunities who didn't really work out for. However, because of all the chaos happening this season, Kyle Wright was the guy that you could at least depend on um, because you're not even necessarily getting the best out of uh, out of Charlie. So it's yep. like, okay, Max isn't going to be on his game all the time. That's fine. Uh, but you know you're still going to get dominant stuff from him. Charlie Morton, you can't depend on. Kyle Wright, you're telling me now that, well, you you can depend on him more than you could in the past, but still may not be great. 
and then next in line is Ian Anderson, who, like, let's look at him this past year. Not great. Like, yeah. there is nothing that I can turn to um, that gives me faith, and that's why when it, when, when the, the Kyle Wright apologists come out and be like, don't panic, uh, I'm sorry, I'm still panicking. <laughs> I actually, I'm not panicking so much on, on Wright, although I do think that the start, I, 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 I agree with you in the way that kind of a lot of people are coloring that start that he made, um, just in terms of overall him being able to, you know, well, at least, you know, you talk about, well, he, at least he made it into the fifth inning, et cetera, et cetera. I do think it is correct to say <laughs> that in previous years, he would not have made it out of the second inning. Yeah. Uh, and so, fair. and so I think that getting to the fifth inning and doing that does show some progress on his end that, that he has been able to, and especially, I think, you know, to between the ears, uh, to have the yeah. composure to be able to, settle down and just make his way through. Now I will say that um, aside from that, you know, it wasn't a good start. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he, he, he did give up six runs in less than five innings. So we, we also need to keep that in mind. And again, you, you talk about the, the start that he had before, which I agree was good when he gave up the, the three runs against the Mets, but took the loss. But it was still not quite the level that we had seen before. And I believe in that start, he only had, like, one strikeout, I want to yep. say. You're right. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I do think there are some signs that maybe the stuff is a little different. Although it's really weird because I think if in the first few innings of the game, or the first couple innings of the game last night, he already had, like, nine swings and misses or something like that. So he was getting swings and misses last night. Uh, as aware he wasn't in his start before, but I don't know. I, I, I just wonder whether that's a, a mechanical issue. In general, I would say that I am just like a little bit concerned about the performances on the mound just physically, but I think that it what we saw last night was some progress of uh, where he goes mentally. Now, I want to ask you kind of, are you concerned with him like going into his next start, like whether this is going to affect him? Because I feel like in the past, that's another thing where you always worry with Kyle. It's like once things kind of start to go bad, they continue to go bad. Now, last night when things went bad, he did able to correct. And I, and I'm just wondering whether he's going to be able to use that correction that he made within the game and then carry that forward into the next start and kind of be able to pick up where he left off and, and leave this thing in as a, as a distant memory. I, I'll say this. Am I concerned? Um, slightly. Uh, I think also the opponent matters too. It looks like right now that he's going to be matched up against uh, uh, finishing out that Padre series. Not exactly a team. It's tough. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those like, uh, it couldn't be the Marlins or something <laughs> right. like that. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, when, it, when a guy needs a, a little pick me up or a boost. Um, I think but, it'll be a good test. Like, I yeah. think like what we can definitely say is it will be a very good test. Again, talking about how much he's progressed, how will he perform? I think however he does perform will tell us a lot. What it could be good, could be good, could be bad. I think it's just, it's getting back to the main idea of like, he is the Braves second best pitcher right now. And I am very uncomfortable with the Braves second best pitcher, uh, or second best starter at least being a guy who we talk about as like yeah I mean he gave up six but he still I know. stuck it out though like like, <laughs> like you're right that's great you know like he is 
so much improved from a guy in the past. I got to be able to count on him though now though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is not a time when when you can afford um, those types of losses, those type of defeats, which also, um, like, if he had kept this thing manageable, maybe Brian Snicker goes about his bullpen usage very different, and we don't end up with Tyler Thornburg in the ninth inning, giving <laughs> the Braves absolutely no chance of a comeback. Like, that was um, – it was, it was one of those, like, I saw the conversations of – well, I mean, why is Tyler Thornburg even in that position? Because Brian Snicker is going, well, it's more likely we lose this thing than we win it, so I'm not going to use my best arm um, or arms uh, knowing the schedule that's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, You know, right or wrong, and I know some people may not agree, it was just like, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, it's how that unfolds um, could have been differently had Kyle pitch slightly better uh yeah in his start i think i'm gonna I'm gonna go back to something that i said kind of toward the beginning of the season but again to me kyle wright he he he, he has a lot more bad in the track record of the major league level obviously than he has good uh despite how good this season has been for him so far and so the mark of when he's actually turned the corner is going to be when we stop having this exact conversation that we're having, wondering about how he's going to, and I th- you know, bounce back. And to I be fair to him, we were we're, I thought we were too, but I think the, one of the reasons why is because we haven't, we haven't had a reason to have this conversation yet so yeah. far this season because he's been very good. So That's you true. do have to give him a lot of credit. Like we, this is the first time where he's been battered and now there is a test for him. Um, but again, we are having the conversation. When Ian Anderson gets hit around, people don't really talk about it as much. You know, they're they're not worried about how Ian Anderson's going to handle it. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, there might be some current concerns about you know physically with him or whatnot, but there's not like that concern like that that we have with Kyle. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but I think that uh, this next start that he makes will will give us a lot of information about. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. About how he's progressing. Now, I mentioned Ian Anderson. I feel like this would be a good segue for... Uh-huh. I feel like we should big up uh-huh. him a little bit. He has really turned the... I shouldn't say turned the corner, but he's just like gotten increasingly better and better over the course of the season, which makes a lot of sense considering his truncated spring training that he had with the foot blister. Um, so it's good good to see from Ian that he's progressing, and same with Charlie. I wanted to kind of lump both those guys in as two pitchers who really have been performing to a to a better standard. Charlie, I think there's still still wait and see. Um, again, a good outing. I think he went five scoreless in, in his last start. It wasn't like a masterpiece, but he did, you know, throw up zeros, which is good. But I, I'm actually more encouraged with what we've seen so far from Ian, the way he's been able to bounce back. Yeah, no, that was a big uh, – that was the, well, the finish to the Mets series, right, I believe, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, correct. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like that was – it was one of those a win you needed to get a split out of that series. Um, and he looked good. You know, that was, that was something that we couldn't count on him to be this year is a conversation I know I had had with you earlier about the fact of my concerns – that I had had towards Kyle Wright had transferred to Ian Anderson <laughs> and my confidence that I had ha- that I had had in Ian Anderson had transferred to Kyle Wright. Um, it's still strange that I'm in a place where um, for the moment, I still have more faith in Kyle Wright um, than I do Ian. Um, as the season progresses, I'll, I'll be interested to see how those two guys, you know, w- where their roles stay um whether they flip-flop or kind of what happens um i don't know hopefully maybe they both go on to to have much better uh season from here on out it's just one of those it's been good to see that because i think i think had it not been like had charlie continued to struggle had ian continued to struggle um i mean the woe is me would be astronomical with this team uh had they not been able to get those wins because then I mean, then you're talking about, um, you know, maybe getting like two wins in last week or whatever. Right. Like that's yeah. Right. I mean, it well that brings up an interesting point, Caleb, which is that if the Braves don't get what they kind of expect to get from Charlie Morton, especially, I think he's probably the biggest question mark just because of the age. Of course, is always going to leave you questioning, like whether. It's like when, at what season do the wheels fall off? Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it seemed that's because that's just seems to be how it goes with old players. It's like they have it, they have it, they have it, and then all of a sudden they don't got it, and there's and it's not coming back. Now that hasn't come yet for Charlie Morton, but the question being is that what do the Braves do if that happens at some point this season? You know, or it just like if they just do not get the performances that they expected out of Charlie Morton or Ian Anderson. Um, that's a big blow for this team because I feel like with the way that this pitching staff is constructed right now, they need Charlie Morton to be a solid number two for them and Ian Anderson to be a solid number three. Now, again, Ian Anderson, obviously a very young guy, um, has all the potential in the world, so I'm not as concerned with Ian at this point. I'm more concerned with Charlie. Is he going to be the pitcher you know that they expect him to be? Because I really feel like if he's not, then – the Braves are kind of in a hole. They probably need to go out and get a starter at some point during the season if they have any plans of, you know, making a, a playoff run, potentially defending their World Series title. 
again, then you are right back in the position of, do you just uh, wipe your hands of the season and go, yep, this isn't going to be it this year? Or, yeah, do you go make those big moves? It's something that you, you brought up, Joe. Um, I saw a promotional schedule because they've added some new dates uh, to the Braves promotional schedule this year. And I had this idea in the back of my head of a go having the conversation of like what guy is still going to be here by the time they do his bobblehead um, or, <laughs> or just asking the question of will X player be here by the time they have his bobblehead? Um, mm-hmm. Because so Eddie Rosario is set to have a bobblehead later this year. Um, Dansby Swanson, obviously, I mean, I don't think anything's changing with that. Tyler, we Mack- already had an Austin O'Reilly. Yeah, should have saved him for later because they knew he would not have been a threat. Yeah, they, they could uh, knock out a more questionable player earlier on. Oh yeah, Tyler Matzik. Tyler that's, Matzik a, that's an interesting one. Is his bobbleheads coming up uh, much later in the year? It's uh, his. Tyler Matzik is in July. Um, let me see. When is Eddie Rosario's? Eddie's is in August, um, and so is Charlie's. And so it was like the thought popped in my head of who's still who's not going to be here when their bobblehead comes around and the Braves are going to have to do some awkward like, well, yeah, like, do you still have it or do you <laughs> shelve it or like, what do you do? Um, or is everything going to be completely fine and the, and the Braves coast through and and no issues to be had? Um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm very curious because question marks are definitely surrounding Charlie Morton, Eddie Rosario, and Tyler Matzik. And those are three bubbles that the Braves have scheduled. You know, it's just one of those, like, ah. You know, I mean, it can't always have old faithful Dale Murphy and, um, you know, they, they've had Jackie Robinson and Hank Aaron. Well, they could just do they could do what they've been doing, which is they've uh, they definitely they so we got John Smoltz yesterday. Yes, and you could definitely we had Greg Maddox like the one of the series like last week, and they definitely just like took the same body and then just like attached a, a different nice. head on. <laughs> nice, yeah. And, so and who's the little placard on the bottom? Yeah, so. whose body matches you know Tyler Matzik or <laughs> Eddie Rosario or or uh, Charlie Morton? That's that's who they have to figure out now. And good luck to those bobblehead manufacturers. Now, while we're talking about the starting pitchers, yep, Caleb, yep, you get to talk your stuff because last week we were discussing. Well, did we talk about it on the podcast? Probably not. We were just texting about uh, the Strider, the Strider potentially getting a start. Um, I was about to say, I think this happened not getting a podcast. Um, yeah, because I guess it would have. Yeah, we recorded last Wednesday, and it was um, on Friday, and that was, was that Friday. Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Jesse Chavez got the start Mistake. in the fifth slot for the Braves. Spencer Strider coming on. Chavez obviously opening for Strider went poorly for Chavez. Went great for Strider. I was defending the the opener strategy, but it clearly didn't work. So, well, Caleb, take it away. I think here here's this. Now, now don't get me wrong. I love to gloat. I love to gloat. <laughs> um, and there's nothing I love more than making an early prediction and it coming to fruition. Um, because and and the only the only regret I have about Spencer Strider is the podcast we did right before the beginning of the season. I got in my head and was like, you know what? I understand if the Braves don't go 
and put Spencer Strider on the 40-man roster? No, I should have held my own. <laughs> I knew I was right. This guy's got dominant stuff. It's not going to be perfect. This guy's only been pitching in the majors for, uh, what, this is now his second you know, season uh, in Major League Baseball. This guy was just... Barely. I mean, he had a cup of coffee in yeah. the... Uh... The, in the last series when it, yeah he was you know, i mean he was jumping from, lame duck games he was jumping from bus to bus going from from all of the different you know a levels uh, of, all, all of the baseball. all the more impressive for him this year to be doing this just in what you yeah. know his his straight up rookie year absolutely i mean the guy's got dominant stuff um uh, you know uh, chris willis once again a guy who i went rounds with uh i think last friday maybe it was thursday about um you know he does need to add to his his uh repertoire to his his pitches mm -hmm. needs um, another pitch yeah um and now i'm i'm blinking i can't remember he throws a third um i can't remember if it was a change up a curve anyways um regardless though it's just the idea of I th it feels like the Braves wanted him to have a little bit more or they just find his value more in being um, in the bullpen. And forget that. I mean, the man pitched four innings last <laughs> Friday, eight strikeouts. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's tearing it up. And that was coming after a time that, that honestly, like after what happened with, Ch what happened with Chavez, made you kind of go like all right yep this is just just isn't going to be the Braves night um and for Strider to pick them up the way that he did was was awesome I just wish they could have won that game for him honestly just so it would have looked even better because it felt like even the guys that even the relievers that came in after Strider um looked better I Colin McHugh was a guy um that comes to mind who just had a better outing than he had had previously a guy I still got question marks about, but specifically yeah. Strider, just like the guy's got to start now. I uh, I mean, there's clearly an opening for him. I don't know what they need to do uh, to get him ready. I think because of of the schedule and how they're getting off days, um, the Braves don't have an opening until after. Uh, or no, excuse me, I'm wrong. In the middle of the of the Milwaukee series next week, so Tuesday is the open date that the Braves don't have a starter. It should be Spencer Strider. It's a mm -hmm. no-brainer. However, are the Braves going to likely overthink this and make some other sort of move? Probably. <laughs> um, also, does Tucker Davidson True. deserve another start? He probably does deserve yeah. an opportunity at some point here. Yeah. He does. Um, um, I, yeah, well, just... Let me. I, I'm just going to interject and say, I actually... I would still defend the the opener tactically. Um, just that's just me. I just I I'm open to I'm open to the opener. <laughs> I, I like the idea of not having a starter. You know, regardless of who it is, I'm not even talking about Spencer Strider necessarily. But gen just generally speaking, when you use an opener. Then the start the the quote the 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 real starter the guy who comes in after the opener would not have to face the top of the order for a third time, maybe ever in the game like not until very late on most likely as long as the start goes well or the the outing goes well so I, I so I defend it from that standpoint but to your point with what Spencer Strider has shown the weapon that he is 
and you want to move him into a starting role anyway, you see him, you project him as a starter, you might as well give him the experience starting games, <laughs> you well, know, like like for his own development, as well as, you know, potentially being better for the team. I think part of it is starters and relievers get different warm-up processes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's just a – you go from, first off, knowing – when you start the day, hey, I'm going to be the first guy to step out onto the mound and throw the ball for my team. I get that that's very elementary, but there's something into uh, the psyche of going through that process of going through your workout, um, going through your throwing as if you are going to start. Why you do that with um, a guy who you know is only going to throw an inning and then have Strider come out of the bullpen when you could just flip it the other way. Uh, like you know, you talk about not wanting him to face the lineup a third time. I understand that actually, but why not put Chavez in on the back end in a role that he's had success in? And I get mm-hmm. he had some success opening for the Braves. However, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, wasn't Dylan Lee the last opener the Braves had, and it was in the World Series, and yeah, that game yeah. went <laughs> yep. horribly? You know, yeah. Like, I think that. Well, was, and I think that, I think that's very well maybe a reason they don't do it again. Yeah, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. You know, it's kind of one of those like, yeah, I think that's the day that my you know that my opinion on openers changed. Was I could totally see a scenario where Brian Snicker has been like convinced to do this and it's not necessarily his <laughs> like his preferred move and he's just like screw it i'm never doing the opener yeah. well <laughs> there's there's I, mean, I i get it like there's some analytics there's some yeah bigger thing that that i'm not smart enough and to certainly realize. some teams who do it r- regularly routinely and have it incorporated as part of their game plan are able to execute it on a you know a better more effective level well but i in fairness also correct me if i'm wrong I feel like the teams that do openers are they do it as like this is a bullpen game. Um true. So yeah. it's strange to go, yeah, we're gonna have Chavez throw an inning and Strider throw four. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you're used to like you'll get like an inning out of this guy, maybe two out of this guy, an inning out of this guy, maybe two, you know, like like you're piecing it together would instead if you had seen that Spencer Strider started the game, went four innings to start Eight strikeouts, you'd be like, wow, he had a dominant start. Wishnit had left him in, uh, you know, and, and mm-hmm. then the wheels fell off. But instead, it was the opposite, um, and you felt like you were kind of beat before the thing got started. That, that's just... Now, Now, if, if Strider is the starter, do they need another bullpen arm to come in, or are they kind of already set because they've already essentially been playing with Strider as kind of a a pseudo starter to this point anyway, because when he's, when he's coming into games, he's typically been, you know, multi-inning doing, yeah. doing a multi-inning. Yeah. A, a long appearance. So it's not like he's, you know, been a core part of the bullpen on a day, like a day-to-day basis as it is. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think they're fine in that aspect. Honestly, like it's one of those, if they had in that last start against uh, the Brewers, if they just swapped Chavez and, and yeah, um, you know, uh, it, who knows how differently that one might have turned out. Um, and, and maybe I'm just, like, simplifying it way too much. And, and, and I get that's a part of it. I also just – just this is one for, like, I'm glad you're sitting down. 
uh, Chris Willis threw out the the idea that maybe Strider is being set up to be the future closer of this mm-hmm. team, and that's why the Braves are treating them like they are. Um, to which, initially, I go like, yeah, I mean, he's got the dominant stuff that you'd want from a closer, but like, why would you not want that for seven innings? You know, like, <laughs> like if you can get that for seven innings um, <laughs> right you know, like yeah like if the Braves, a good starter is yeah, more valuable than a good closer absolutely like if the braves could have gotten what craig kimbrell did back in the day uh across six innings pretty sure they would have started craig kimbrell also yeah. do we not <laughs> right. rem- you know john smoltz like john smoltz was a closer they also figured out that guy could do that for longer so we're gonna use him for longer yeah it's just one mm-hmm. of the, yeah it's one of those things that like bounces around my head that i'm like don't think harder than you have to Uh, right it just seems so obvious fortunately spencer strider is a very good pitcher who can probably fill any number of roles on the team throwing the baseball you know but ideally i think you'd want him as a starter and i would be surprised if the braves are like especially so at this point in his career so young i'd be very surprised if they were like already grooming him for like a specific role as a as a closer and Here's the the last thing that I'll say about this before we kind of move on, which is um, though we certainly could close the yeah sure the way that I would feel better about Spencer Strider if he was to continue in his role is if Tucker Davidson is given an opportunity. Um, right, it just feels like he's the next in line. Now, if he's given an opportunity and he blows it, um, then I'm gonna be right back on the. You got to start Strider. And I still think you should. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, like that's the one move that I keep looking at is to like, okay, I need Tucker to get an, another shot early on. Um, Cause I think that could be a consistent piece. Uh, and also one to look at if you decide to trade a Charlie Morton uh, or something like that, you know, say that opportunity becomes available. Um, you know, th- that's, long-term thinking uh, uh later in the season but you know mm-hmm. i i don't know i i got my time to gloat uh yeah. <laughs> about strider but also you, you know, earned it it's fine that's fine you know hey <laughs> uh, uh what a what a broken clocks right twice a day sort of thing yeah we'll go with that um now to the not so fun stuff uh which is the news that we found out earlier today joe manny pina uh selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at 
at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, who we barely saw this season. Um, Manny yeah. Pena, hardly knew her. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Manny Pena is out for the year. Uh, that, that left wrist, wrist injury, that was something that uh, popped up in spring training, is continued to linger, and now he's got to have surgery on it, out for the year. Um, no bueno, no bueno. Yeah, it's just um, they obviously signed him for his defense, needed him in that backup catcher role, and now you better hope you know uh, uh, Contreras's defense has stepped up, um, yeah, because you're gonna need it now. Yep, and you've dealt uh, Shea Langoliers obviously in the yep. trade to get Matt Olson, so. This is, uh, yeah, it's William Contreras' show here. Uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe if the defense is too bad, then maybe we'll see, uh, you know, pick any number of the Braves catchers that they ran through last year, maybe back on the team. Um, who was the guy who got hurt? Uh, what was his name? Um, he's, like, famous for doing the referee Im- uh, imitation. Mm. I don't know if that strikes me. Uh, what was his name? Anyway. Sorry. Older guy got hurt, and... Um, Gosh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. I'll look it up in just a second. I was about to say, there was, I mean, there was seven of them, Joe. That's why you can't remember. There was, yeah, I know, there was I know. seven different catchers last season. Regardless, I would say, you know, definitely would pretty much honestly expect this team to just to sign like some veteran catcher, a Jeff Mathis type. He was one. He's not the one I'm thinking of, but um, somebody like that to just be a guy <laughs> who, uh, you know, offers some almost like a pseudo like a half coach almost in that kind of role um but I do think that there's an opportunity here for William Contreras I mean he could definitely get a good amount of playing time being a guy who catches you know once or twice through a a, a five-man turn rotation turn and then he could also be slotted in as a DH on days when he's not catching uh you know just to keep the bat going and we've already seen you know the bat is really starting to pop this year and I would t- when when Contreras hits it hard when he barrels a ball, it sounds like a cunha. Like it, there, there's like those players who have that different sound when the ball comes off the bat. It's like an explosion sound, then more 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 of an explosion than like kind of a cracking. And um, Contreras has got that. I mean, he's got he's got big boy power, which is exciting. So well, I'm actually like not 
so torn up about this because I, I'm I'm actually excited about the opportunity that it leaves for Contreras. I think it also the way that you're right. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those like I I need the defense to 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 be good enough to back up his bat because his bat's been so good. And it was a point at some point last week uh, in 10 plate appearances, he had three home runs and like, good. That's good. That's good numbers. You know, <laughs> like that's one of those, like, yeah, I could deal with that for the rest of the year. Um, it makes it frustrating when you see a lineup like is actually going out tonight where Orlando Arcia is the DH because you're thinking that should absolutely be William Contreras. However, something tells me that Brian Snicker just having a catcher go down doesn't want both of his catchers playing in a game. Um, I don't know whether it's like risking injury or just being more tired or whatever. So it's also just frustrating at the fact that um, you would love to have William Contreras in there DHing. And yet, uh, it seems like your manager is concerned about something and, and won't make that move. Um, but definitely, his bat has to be in there. And now he gets the opportunity with, uh, you know, whatever days that Travis Darno needs rest. Steven Vogt is the uh, guy I was, thinking, I was thinking of. Yeah. I should and have he, known that, Joe. And he signed a one-year contract with the A's, so he is not retired. Yeah. I thought that he may have retired after that injury, but uh, that ended his season last year. But so they could, Braves could get him back if they really wanted him, I'm sure. <clears throat> the So Steven Vogt was a name that um, when he got signed, I was actually excited about last mm-hmm. year. I went to – Great clubhouse guy, too. Yeah. I went to a game – Back at Turner Field, when the Braves played the Oakland A's, when Stephen Vogt played for the A's, mm-hmm. uh, and I sat on the third base side where like fans come up and get autographs from the other team, and um, he actually signed a ball for me because he was like signing stuff, and he asked me, and I had this moment of like, well, I I had brought a ball with me, um, didn't necessarily want Stephen Vogt to sign it. Because I didn't know who the guy was. But he was so nice about it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start rooting for you now. Uh, and he honestly hadn't played very well. But he had gone from like the A's. I think the Yankees. He played for a little bit. Uh, and then the Braves signed him. And I was like, cool. Like, I can root for him. And it didn't really work out. Uh, dude, I'm just looking at – we're going way off topic. But oh, we cares? are. <laughs> we, I'm, looking at his, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. He's got this paragraph in there. This is in his personal life section. Vote has been considered a, fa- a favorite among both fans, three links, who saw him as an underdog in Everyman, two links. He was also popular among teammates on, wh- on, a- on each team he played, uh, wait, on each team with which he has played, and is well known for his sense of humor. He won the Tampa Bay Rays talent show in both 2009 and 2010, eventually becoming MC of the shows. And in March 2019, he was voted one of the funniest teammates of the San Francisco Giants, poll of players he's well known for his impressions of various people including joe madden a basketball referee which is what i mentioned and matt foley the motivational speaker (laughs) wow so i mean come on clearly yeah clearly the brace could use the the club and apparently does a a ton of like philanthropy work with uh autism kids too so yeah yeah, it's uh so i picked a good one all those years back just a random guy to to all of a sudden start cheering for uh so maybe the braves look at uh to bring him back now that they've got a 
they've got a catching need. But yeah. oh, and the other big injury news that came out was uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. has a little bit of a groin pull, so he's missing the game that's going on that would have you know, just started now uh, as we're recording this. Um, not good. I expected it. He never looked right to me after he hit. He got a base hit round of first base, and then the trainers came out to look at him. Didn't look at him for too long, and he can continued to play. I think he, like, stole base afterwards or attempted a steal and uh, was still just playing like Ronald Cooney Jr. does. In fact, the next half inning, he, like, caught a leaping ball at the track, which was very similar to the play in which he actually tore his ACL last year. So that was good to see, but he did not look right to me. And you could tell, like, between plays, I was keeping an eye on him in the outfield. He was kind of, like, stretching out and stuff like that. But I think it's probably good news that it's a groin issue that he's working dealing with and not, you know, obviously a – a knee or or some sort of joint so hopefully he can just get a couple days they're not even going to put him on the on the il they're hoping that this thing can just get healed up in a couple days rest because they'll obviously have an off day tomorrow as well yeah they haven't put him on the il yet it's still a possibility joe they could yeah Uh, yeah, they could then they could do that and then retroactively um do it for when the last time he played was this was one of my concerns with acuna it's just the 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 thing that you love about him is also something that you have to be concerned about mm-hmm. which is the guy loves the game um mm-hmm. the guy is gonna play through anything you know he if if he can play he's going to play uh like I, I don't know people may have forgotten when he tore his acl um he got back up and tried to act like you know talking with the trainers like oh no maybe i can like still do this and tried to walk off the field before falling down and they had to carry him off like like he is going to do his best to play at, at whatever cost, um, even when it might not be the best decision. And actually, the best decision may have been to pull him out of that game when he initially injured it. Um, it's just not yep. how he's going to go about playing. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I, I, this is very similar to what I mentioned on the morning show when I was on with John and Hugh this morning, which is that the Braves are kind of in a pickle here with, with Ronald Acuna because he's a player who, as soon as he looks like he's ready to come back, and when he plays the game, he's not going to play at anything other than you know yeah. full speed the way that he plays the game, which is also so exciting for fans. And as soon Absolutely. as the fans see that, they want to see it you know more and more. And if, and if fans see him playing in that kind of style they're going to also think that there's nothing wrong with him physically which to be fair i mean i don't want to like you know speak any like knee injuries into existence it does seem like his acl is holding up totally fine i mean he looks as athletic as he ever has um but you just run into that you know just that that weird situation where you have this star player you want to play him as much as possible it seems ridiculous to like be resting him when he's not you know quote unquote hurt but they're you know sports science tells you that um you can prevent injuries from happening by you know giving guys proper rest especially guys who are coming off of major injuries and long layoffs like Ronald Acuna Jr. is so it's just an awkward situation for the club to be in potentially having to rest around the Cunha jr. Even when he wants to play, he feels like he can play. And I don't know, maybe he should be playing in some of those instances, but it's just something that they're going to have to balance and deal with. Yeah. I think there were moments earlier in the season when they were giving him rest that 
it just seemed like a bad idea because it was it seemed like it was causing him to be more inconsistent. This seems to be a smart decision to rest him because mm-hmm. you're dealing yet yeah, you're dealing with an injury. You don't want it to become more of a thing. The good news is it is groin, not knee. You know, no, no, we're not talking anything to do with the the ACL. Uh, it is unrelated to that. However, it's just something that that yeah. I mean, it seems like the best medicine is rest. Uh, and so hopefully all it takes is getting rest and and then getting um, this this travel day tomorrow um, before the the Padre series. And I, I kind of had a chuckle last night too, and I think it's got to be reassuring to fans for when Brian Snicker was talking about this issue that happened last night and how the trainers went out to go check on him, and he was like, "These trainers have got a, a hawk eye on him every second <laughs> of the game. Like, and whenever they see a single thing that might look out of ordinary, they're gonna go check on him. So you know that the Braves obviously." you know, have his best interests in mind and are very going to be very aware to go out and make sure that he's not pressing it. Um, that could make a potential injury worse than it is. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. It's something we're going to have to keep an eye on for like the rest of the year, honestly. Yep. It's um, going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. <laughs> just, just till, till it's no longer, you know, till it's no yeah. longer, uh, an issue that, that has to be until we like forgot that he had injuries yeah yeah (laughs) i can't wait for it Um, i know (laughs) i i hope like i said i hope this is a a short-lived thing i hope this is something that doesn't require uh an injured list stint uh however i'd much rather get ahead of it now Mm -hmm. not let this nag on and be something that he continues to play through and it turns into uh a bigger deal um, you know, speaking of injuries, I know, uh, I think since we last recorded, it was mentioned about Mike Soroka, his rehabs slowly coming along. They're thinking about sometime this summer, we should be able to, to expect to see him. That could be a really nice boost to this, you know, the, the this list of starters. I'm keeping um, my expectations yep. extremely low. Very low. Very low. <laughs> I'm with you. I ha- I think it's just it's it's the natural like fan in me to see news come out and be like, oh yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. I'd, that'd be good time. That'd be real good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know? especially uh, you know, the Braves need uh need something to jumpstart the season. Uh, having a Mike Soroko could be at least a piece of what he was in the past. Yeah, would be awesome. Um, could be huge. Yeah. So maybe that's the thing that we like, you know, cross our fingers for uh heading into the summer and just honestly hope that the Braves like real quick before we get out of here it's one of those like are you okay with with 500 ball getting through like like I mean because the Braves haven't even really been doing that and that was it felt like that last year was like the I mean you can't be playing at 500 because you're just never going to make it um it I feel like now we're at a point of like are you okay with 500 ball if they could do that right now? Yeah, this is really interesting in terms of like, it's almost to me, it's almost a question of like, how do you, how do you like watch the, the season? How do you like judge the team's results? I always just like, it's about series, like just win series, win series, yeah. win series. Try to win every every possible series. At worst, try not to lose any, you know, um, especially at home. And so. That's why I think this one's a big one tonight against the Red Sox because and, and I think I think players feel that as well. They just and, th- and that gives them momentum of just winning series or at least not losing series. So um, I don't know. I, I you know five hundred balls not going to be able to cut it 
they're going to have to play above that. But ideally, you know, if you're winning series, you think that you're playing somewhat, you know, over over 500. Who knows what it's going to take, but they've obviously got to kind of pick up the pace from where they've been at as of yet. All right. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Batter Up. Thanks for everybody listening in. Thank you. Yeah. For Thank my you. co-host, uh, Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Have a good one. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.